Good morning. How are you guys doing? How many of you are excited about Pastor Steve's pizza party? It's a, that's awesome, man. I know it's a, a cool thing we've been doing for quite a few years. We encourage the whole church to read through the entire Bible, Genesis to Revelation, throughout the year. And so for everyone that completes it, uh, even kids with their kids' Bible, but not adults with the adults, the, the kids' Bible, uh, but kids, kids' Bibles, we come out and uh, celebrate just diving into God's word, and then eating, eating some delicious pizza. And I can tell you this, it will not be Little Caesar's pizza. Can I hear an amen? Uh, is that an accurate, what's that? Pizza, pizza. Uh, we just came out of our 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church, and man, it has been such a refreshing time for us as a church. How many of you guys just have been able to participate in any capacity um, have just been encouraged by the Lord? You can sense God's blessing and favor in the church, and I know um, just I personally have been so blessed, and so uh, even though our specific season of prayer and fasting uh, is over. Let's keep this as our spirit throughout the entire year. Amen. And just continue to seek the Lord um, through prayer and fasting. And, uh, you know, this morning we're continuing our series called Pray First. Uh, when you pray, and and so we scheduled this out a while ago and mapped out the weeks, and, and I didn't know that the Lord would favor me so highly because um, I got to, to, to speak, or I get to speak this morning on the subject of ask. So we're going through the Lord's Prayer, and so week one we were looking at praise, and our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, and your kingdom come, and last week Pastor Steve preached on repentance, and in the Lord's Prayer that forgive us this our debts as we forgive our debtors, and today we get to talk about daily bread, asking God for his provision, and, uh, and, and why I feel so blessed is because the week I get to preach this, Chick-fil-A opened up. Can I hear an amen from anybody? And I will confess my faults to you guys so that you can be healed and I can be healed. Um, Riley and I, I'm throwing him under the bus, we may or may not have gone on a date night to Chick-fil-A Friday night. Yes, a date night at Chick-fil-A. And uh, I, gotta, I gotta throw my friend Ryan under the bus. Um, she's just moved here from North Carolina. And, uh, and her and some of her family were at Chick-fil-A as well on Friday. And uh, she came up to me and she said, the sweet tea is real. It is real sweet tea. So this is verified Southern sweet tea, can I hear an amen? And some delicious chicken, you know. So, so this morning, you know, we're looking at this subject of asking, seeking the Lord. That then the Lord's prayer, God invites us, He encourages us, He teaches us to ask boldly, to ask bigly. Can I hear an amen? So just ask your neighbor to take you to Chick-fil-A. You can't go today because they're closed on Sunday, but tomorrow, you know, to buy you some Chick-fil-A. In Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, uh, it were verse 5. We're going to start earlier. So Jesus, uh, this portion of scripture that we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer, he's actually teaching what's called the Sermon on the Mount. And so Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is this one continuous teaching of Christ. And so we're actually uh, looking a few verses earlier as Jesus is talking about prayer, and then he teaches us how to pray. And he says in Matthew uh, 6, 5, and when you pray, You must not be like the hypocrites, 
For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. But truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here's our key text this morning. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or from the evil one. Let's pray and dive in. God, we thank you for your word. It's living, it's active, it's powerful, it changes our life. And Lord, over these next minutes, would you speak to us? Would you allow your word to transform the inside of us? Lord, would you allow us to not just hear it, but to obey it, to live it out? And Father, we ask for hearts like children that we would receive your word in faith, in joy, in gladness. Lord, if anyone doesn't know you this morning, I pray they would encounter your love, they would encounter you and come to know you. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. You know, I, I've been learning a lot in, uh, in my faith and in my pursuit of Jesus uh, from being a mom. Uh, I, Riley and I have an 18-month-old son, Wesley. He turned 18 months old today. And, uh, and uh, we have Wesley, and then we're expecting our second, a baby girl. Uh, we're excited. Um, so, you know, if, if uh, kids are expensive, so if you pay the right price, we might name her your name. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. And, uh, and, and having a son and getting ready to have a daughter, like I'm learning a lot in, 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 in my walk with Jesus and, and, and how we are invited to come to God. And that's something that I, I realized is that I, I've, I pale in comparison to parenting like Father God, right? Like we're not even on the, like I'm not even on the, the, the scale, but as even an earthly mother and, and Riley is an earthly father, like it is our delight, it is our joy to say yes to Wesley. Like, it is our delight and our joy to bless him, to take care of his needs. Um, you know, I feel like Riley is especially blessed to bless him at like 3 a.m. when he's crying. Like, that's his duty. No, I'm just kidding. You know, he just, the grace is there. Um, there was no, no men were laughing at that. They were like, that is the devil talking through you. parent like I wake up and, and I desire for him to have a full life. I desire for him to experience true joy and to be raised in the things of God. And, I, and, and understanding that, it, it moves me knowing that the way that the God of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the creator of you and I, he invites us to come to him as children. In fact, the God of the universe, really, Jesus shows us that, that how we are to approach God and how we are to come, there is one way, and it's to come to Him as our Father. It's to come as children who are dependent and, and, and absolutely uh, reliant upon our Father, God. 
This would be somewhat scandalous or preposterous even for this time for the Jews and for different ones because they knew God as almighty and they saw his provision and all of those things. But Jesus continually iterates and reiterates to the people of God. He continually comes to say, come to the father, the father, the father, the father. Come to him as your dad. And this morning, I think if we're going to come in Jesus in the Lord's prayer, we come in and he's inviting us to say, when you pray, it is actually part of your duty. It's part of the invitation of prayer is that you would ask boldly in prayer. There is actually like it is of God for you to ask. How many of you have any needs, one or more needs in your life right now? Thank you. You're breathing because I was worried if you didn't raise your hand, I'm like, they're not breathing. Somebody pray for them right now. And you know what's so amazing is the Father, our God, says, I, when you come to me in prayer, I want you to ask those needs you have. But we have to get a right perspective. So we read in the scriptures, Jesus comes and he shows us that there's actually some wrong perspectives. There's some wrong ways to come in prayer and there's a right way. I think it's important we understand the wrong ways to understand truly the right way. And he shows the first wrong perspective in prayer. He says, don't come as the hypocrites do. Don't come, uh, when you pray, don't come in. And, and the hypocrites, they come for a show. And I think sometimes we can get a wrong perspective. We can think that God wants us to put on a show to earn his attention. That God wants us to show our trophies. That God wants us to come in prayer with this attitude like, Lord, here's all the good things I did this week. And I hope that my good things outweigh my bad things so that I can earn your attention. So that perhaps you'd listen to me. So we come to God with our trophies. And the hypocrites, they came, and, and when they came to pray, they would make sure to be in the most public of places so that everybody saw them praying, and they would loudly, Oh God, hearest I cometh. I am heareth because Chick-fil-A is closeth. <laughs> Could you change their mind on that? Oh wait, that was kind of your idea. And we come with our trophies, thinking that God's entertained and that his attention comes. And Jesus says, that's all wrong. Right. You know, I've had the privilege to work with young people for the last 13 plus years. And I've seen something interesting that oftentimes I can spot a kid who has a broken relationship with their father by something, is I find they can only show their trophies and never their failures. It's a kid that... They come to, to youth group or they come to the event and they're always the strongest, the fastest, the bestest. I know it's not a word. And they know everything. They can't, no one can teach them because they, they, they're, they're the best. Because they think that to earn the attention of God is, is I gotta be the best. But a right relationship with a father actually is as someone that can come and ask for help. And someone that can come and say, um, I didn't even get a ribbon at the race. I got the dumb sticker that said I participated. <laughs> like, I'm not even, like, I didn't get a trophy. I, I actually failed. And they know that their father will be there still cheering them on, still loving them. 
You see, when we come in prayer, God is not looking for a show. He's a father that before you even stepped on the playing field was cheering you on, who already knew your name. He already was cheering, and he's already there waiting in the secret place saying, you can show me your failures and your successes. And you can come with your needs, and you can come with those questions, and I can handle it, because that's what I do. That's what dads are for. That's what the Father's about. And not like the hypocrites who, who Jesus says, all the reward, they got their reward. It was that everybody saw them. But the real reward is that the Father in heaven sees their heart and says, I got you. I'm going to take care of you. You don't have to put on a show. That's cool. You got a trophy. But even if you didn't have a trophy, I love you, and I care for you, and I'm going to help you through this. By the way, my sister-in-law, Allie, this really is her trophy that she won. Come on, that's a big trophy. <laughs> God loves her extra special. <laughs> and then there's the second perspective, wrong perspective that, that Jesus addresses. He says, hey, don't, when you, when you come to pray, and when you pray, don't, don't be like the pagans or the Gentiles who come in and they babble on and they have endless chatter and they think by their many words they will get the attention of God. You ever been in a prayer situation where somebody will not shut up? And they've only prayed for like, they're like, and Lord, and then I was like, they get Lord, I was like, Lord, you know, you know, Lord, you gotta, Lord, and they're like going on, and you're like, he, he's, he knows he's Lord. <laughs> Just spill the beans, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think we can come to God with show like the hypocrites, but sometimes we can come with the wrong perspective of shame. And we think that I got to somehow get God like, Lord, I got to tell you how many things I've done wrong, and I got to come in with my head down and hoping that if I say sorry enough and if I, if I chatter on enough, that maybe I'll get the attention of God in my endless babble. I said to first service that this is gonna be my new counseling tool when somebody comes in for counseling. If they won't stop talking, I'll be like, this is all I gotta say. I'm just kidding. See, I just like forever. You guys are like, we're not asking for you to help us with anything. <laughs> That's actually what you guys will be doing to me. Could you just get to the point? <laughs> um, you see, the pagans and the Gentiles and those who worshipped false gods in this, this era, and even now we see it in a lot of re other false religions, they would come and they would actually just babble and babble and they would stammer and stutter. And they would have hours of repetition. Some would cut themselves and beat themselves and think, if I could gain the attention of these gods, they'll listen to me. If you remember the prophet Elijah in 1 Kings 18, it actually says that there were hundreds of prophets of Baal. And it says, from morning till noon, they were shouting their prayers to these false gods, and there was no answer. 
And this was a perspective in that time that people came and they thought, if I come to, uh, to God and I just keep talking and I just, and I keep, and maybe I will gain his attention. And Jesus says, hey, when you go in the secret place, you already have his attention. You already have his affection. You already have his heart. You already have the father waiting eagerly to meet with you. In fact, he already knows what you're going to ask before you asked him. You don't have to come in shame. You don't have to come with your head held low and just thinking, I'm going to talk my way out of this or into this. He says, you already got me. You can stop the chatter. But then Jesus says, hey, four different times from Matthew 6, 5 to verses 9, four different times he refers to come to the Father, the Father, the Father, the Father. And he says, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven. And the right perspective that God invites us to and the right position is the position of sonship. The sonship. I think actually coming to Lord in prayer looks less like bringing our trophies and our chattering teeth and bringing a lunchbox. And this is Riley's lunchbox that he takes to work every single day. This is a man-sized lunch pail. Said, all you men, you're worried I was gonna bring like a high school musical little lunch pail that your sandwich would not fit in. But I can guarantee you, I pack this thing most days and a lot of food fits in this thing. And sometimes we even get crazy and he has this filled and a bag. You know what I'm saying? When I'm feeling extra Italian. And I think actually Jesus, he invites us, he says, hey, pray our Father. And then he says, ask for your daily bread. Say, give us this day our daily bread. You see, the expectation of a lunchbox is it's filled every day and it's meant to be emptied out so that it can be refilled day after day. And when we have right relationship with the father, a son and a daughter understands this, that when, the, when my lunchbox is empty, mom and dad are going to fill it right back up because I'm not going to school without lunch. I'm not going to my day without food provided. See, we're actually more to come to God with the daily recognition that, Lord, you know exactly what I need for today. Would you fill my lunchbox? God, you know exactly what I need for today. You know the healing I need. You know the strength I need in my marriage. You know the grace I need for this situation. You know the provision I need for the bills coming up. God, I'm coming as a son. I'm coming as a daughter. And here's my lunch pail. I'm ready for it to be filled up day after day after day after day says in Romans chapter 8, we'll throw it up on the screen, Romans chapter 8, verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So Jesus, when he He shows us how we're to approach the Father in prayer, in life. And for these brief minutes, I would ask us to all come in this posture that we'd come as children because that's the invitation we have. You see, it wasn't like, hey, when you first get saved, come as a child, and then there'll come this moment where you grow out of that and suddenly, like, you're not the kid anymore. No, God invites us to live daily dependent upon him and daily as children who come to him humbly. 
In this society, in this time, children were held in low esteem. In this society and time, they, they, they was, they, the, the children were the lowest of the low, and, and they had no way to provide for themselves. They were utterly dependent upon their parents, upon their father. And it's the same way Jesus invites us. He says, come to the Father. Come as children who your whole life is at the mercy and grace of a good, good, good Father. So for a few moments, we're going to look at some lessons from children and asking. In Matthew 7, the same sermon, Jesus says, um, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? You know, the first thought this this morning is that children are daily dependent on provision from their parents, and we are to also be daily dependent upon our Father. Daily dependent. I don't know about you, I don't love this aspect. I'm all about like Costco, like we buy the bulk size. I know I got enough food for like now till eternity. Anybody else with me? Like this whole daily dependent thing really kind of hits my pride sometimes. It makes me trust God. No one? Got real quiet in here. Thanks, Sandy. Children are daily dependent on provision from their parents. Like, there's not this moment where, like, you know, Wes, you're 18 months old. Dude, you turned 18 months today. Like, it's the time. Times of turn. You provide for mama and daddy. Every day he wakes up, and it doesn't matter how much food we put in that little man's body. He wakes up the next day like, feed me. Every day he's dependent. Every day he needs his dad to walk up to his crib and remove him from the crib to release him from the prison of containment. You know what I'm saying? Like he's dependent upon us for everything. And we think that's a bad thing. And God says, that's exactly where I want you. Like, don't you think Jesus, when they're like, teach us to pray, he could have said, give us this day, all the food we're going to need from now until the end of the year. He didn't say that. He he could have changed it. He could be like, hey, you know, in the wilderness, the children of Israel daily went out for manna. But for you guys, you're going to yearly go out for manna. Just pray every day. Because the same way that a child is dependent upon his parents to sustain their life, even more so, even more so, we are dependent upon God. For every breath we breathe, every heartbeat we have, every moment we have in this life, we are dependent. Whether we acknowledge the faithfulness and goodness of our Father, you and I are relying and depending upon His faithfulness and goodness to us. But how much better that we go, God, I need you. You know, people used to say to my dad, they'd be like, you Christians, like, you guys just treat Jesus like a crutch. He's like, oh, no, 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 you got it so wrong. Like, Jesus is so much more than a crutch. He's our whole life support system. Like, don't, don't insult us. He's a crutch. He's everything. Come on, God is everything. 
everything to us. He's everything. Who do we trust? Jesus. Sunday school answer. Amen. Children don't worry about their next meal or needed provisions. Wes is carefree. He doesn't realize that it's mama ordering that food from Walmart grocery pickup. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, He doesn't know that we're going to Trader Joe's giving him the bananas. He just every day knows when you put me in that high chair, you better get me substance and sustenance ASAP. Like you're too slow. Get it there right now. He doesn't worry about his next meal. He eats, consumes it, jumps out of that high chair and goes to play trusting that the next meal it's going to be there and I live in worry so much of the time do you worry you know you check in your mobile banking like somehow magically like I got a raise you know like oh no I just didn't pay my bills yet (laughs) right y'all had that moment you're like about to share a testimony in connect group you're like the Lord never mind testimony over it was just, they didn't cash that check. So you're like calling people mad. Did you cash my check yet? Do it now. That was old days, young people. Listen, why do we worry? Dad's got this. I love when I know dad's paying. I'm like, dad's got it. You could pay for it. I know, but dad's got it. <laughs> if our natural parents, how much more? God. Children ask in bold expectation. 1 John 5, 13, as the band comes up, says, I write, he goes up first, actually we'll go to 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests we have asked for him. Children ask in bold expectation. You know, my son Wesley has recently realized that the refrigerator is the source of all good things. And so he, now when I go to the refrigerator, because he realizes you go to that and you come back and something good comes. And so so he has learned that if he walks to the fridge, he now climbs into the fridge on the edge and he stands right there. And I'm like, hello, I'm trying to get you something. And he's right in there and he's eye level with the string cheese drawer. You know what I'm saying? And he's right there like, hey, hey, um, just in case, mom, you forgot where it's at, I'm here to just ask right now. It's right there. It, here's the cheese, mom. That's where it is, mom, right there. Like he's just telling me. I think some of us need to get some boldness on the inside because God invited us to climb into the refrigerator, to stand right by the drawer and to remind him of his promises. To stand at the drawer and say, hey God, just reminding you that like I'm still waiting for that spouse. Hey God, just reminding you that baby I'm waiting on. Hey, come on, I'm just asking right now for that provision. God, I'm just reminding you that healing that I've been asking for is right in there. I see it. God, that's what faith is. It's an expectation and hope that what we don't see yet, we're going to see. I don't know when the last time was you climbed up in the refrigerator and just started to boldly ask for the cheese on the inside. You just begin to remind God. You say, you can't. You said, come to the secret place as a bold child. So here I am, God. Here I am, Lord. I'm believing for the prodigal to come home. I'm here, God, believing for my coworkers to be saved, God. Just get in the fridge. I'm not mad at Wes. I'm like, dude, I already wanted to bless you with that. 
That's how God, he's like, oh yeah, now you ask. I already wanted to give you that. Children are yielded to the discernment and discretion of their parents. They don't understand what they need or don't need, but they yield to the decision of their parents. And the Bible talks about if you delight yourself in the Lord, that he will give you the desires of your heart. And he invites us into this trust place. This is God, I, would you align my desires to your desires? And well, my desires are out of whack and I don't, I'm missing and I'm asking for the wrong things. Would you, I trust your direction, your discernment and leading on my life that when I don't get what I've asked for, it's because I was asking for leftovers and you wanted to give me a whole new meal. I was asking to eat yesterday's manna and you were asking me to go out and grab the new fresh thing. I was asking you for something that was going to take me out when you were asking something that was going to take me to the promises that, that I had for you. So God, I trust that you know what's best for me. And a parent anticipates the needs of their child before they even know it yet. Child doesn't have to worry about the cold's coming, I need a bigger sized coat. A parent already is thinking through, I need to get a new coat for my child. I need, I need to take care of getting them some, their school supplies. I, I need to save money for their college in the future. They're already anticipating their needs and a kid just walks in like it's magically there and you're like, oh, I was just anticipating what you needed. How much more does our Father anticipate? He already knows. Before you come into the secret place for the daily bread, He says, oh yeah, I've, I've already set it up. I've already arranged for destiny to meet you right there. I've already arranged for my promises to be filled right there. You can trust me because I'm your Father who loves you. Stop bringing your trophies. Stop bringing your chatterbox. Just come and trust to say, God, you know what I need right now. You know what size coat I need. You know what the, what's questions are in my heart. I trust you to fill the box. So as we land this morning, I want to read you a quote. It says, by George Mueller, who was used by God to rescue and raise thousands and thousands of orphans and he completely relied upon the provision of God in prayer. He says, I live in the spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk about when I lie down and when I rise up and the answers are always coming. Thousands and tens of thousands of times my prayers have been answered. When once I am persuaded that a thing is right and for the glory of God, I go on praying for it until the answer comes. George Mueller never gives up. Put our name there, that that would be our life. Natalie Amen never gives up, that in the going and coming and every day, I just say, hey God, it's Nat again, your daughter, love you. Um, here's my bucket. God, I trust you, Lord, would you provide? And then we would say, fill your name in. We never give up in prayer, because we know our Father desires day after day to provide. So this morning as we come and we close, I would propose and I would invite us, church, to never lose the wonder and to start growing young. There's this moment in Matthew 18 and the disciples were asking Jesus, like, who's the greatest? And Jesus, some believe he was in Peter's house that was actually potentially Peter's child. And they asked Jesus, who's the greatest? And Jesus, he takes a little child and he puts him in front of them. And he proceeds to tell his disciples and to tell us, 
that unless you receive the kingdom of heaven like this child, like you won't get into the kingdom of heaven. If you want to know what greatness looks like, it's, it's like a child. And coming to God as a child. And I, I wonder, like, when in our faith did we stop believing God? When did we get too big, too smart, too wise to stop asking God for the little things? To stop coming with our daily needs? And when did we stop believing and praying bold, audacious, scary prayers? Like, when did we grow up and leave Neverland? There's better than Neverland. Like, there's a place in God that he says, I will always be your father. I will always take care of your needs. Like, even in your dying breath, I will be your father who sustains you and fills your cup. Come on, somebody this morning needs to be reminded, you thought your best days were behind you. They're in front of you. He's still your daddy. It doesn't matter if you're at the end of your days on this earth. He is a father who cares for you. Stop growing up and start growing young. May we have a spirit like the young boy. And I would propose this morning, like, I, I can't wait to meet the young boy whose mom packed him a lunch to go see Jesus. And she gives him fish, and she was clearly Italian because it was like lots of fish and bread, but like enough for like a friend. And I wonder when this little boy heard the crowd and the murmuring of the disciples, like, Jesus is, like, preaching forever like that girl. <laughs> We're just going to let us out to eat. And, like, we don't have enough food to feed the crowd. And I wonder how they found this little boy's lunch. Like, I wonder if it was actually him that poked his head to the disciples, like, what's up, guys? I've seen Jesus do some crazy, awesome miracles. And I got some lunch that my mom packed me. Don't tell her I gave it to you, but I wonder what Jesus could do with this. And when the disciples came to Jesus, they were like, hey, this little boy, he has like some fish and some bread, but what is that for so many? <laughs> I love, I think Jesus was like, that's my boy. Faith of a child, unless you come like a child and bring your lunchbox. Could, could we be a church who not only trusts in a God who will fill our lunchbox, but a God who will take our lunchbox and do miracles with it and provide for others around us? That God, as he gets the blessing to us, he could get it through us. That if he gets the lunch to us, he says, I don't want to just feed you, little boy, little girl. I want to feed the multitudes around you. Like, could we have that kind of faith, church? Could we ask that kind of prayer? Could you pray those kind of prayers in this season to say, God, you got my lunchbox. I trust you to fill it, and I trust you to feed the multitudes around me with it. That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. So this morning, as you bow your head and you close your eyes, week after week, people come to this place, and they're looking for life. They're looking for relationship. And I want to tell you, you came to the right place. Because there is a God in heaven who loves you. That loves us so much that he gave his son Jesus, fully God, fully man, to come to this earth to live a sinless, perfect life and yet willingly lay it down on the cross, be killed to take our sin, our punishment, and then rise again three days later. And this God, he invites 
you and I into his family. He says, if you will just simply put your trust in me, believe that I am God, I will save you. And if you came to this place and you say, I need God to save me, I need a new start, I need Jesus to give me life. If that's your prayer this morning, then everywhere all over this room, would you just raise your hand? Every person here that says, Jesus, would you save me? Jesus, I put my trust in you. Wherever you are, just lift your hand right now. People, wherever you are in the back, the front, awesome, I see those hands. Come on, awesome, I see that hand. Every, every person in this room, you're saying, Jesus, I'm asking you to save me. I see that hand. Come on, any person here, you just say, Jesus, I need you to give me a brand new start. I see that that hand. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. All over this room, people are saying, Jesus, you're my source. You're the only one who can give me life. I put my trust. One last call. Every person here, you say, Jesus, would you save me? Awesome. I see that hand. We're going to all pray this prayer together. Just an outward declaration of what God is doing on the inside. Let's pray this together, church. Dear Jesus, I give you my life and I put my trust in you that you alone can save me, that in you I have life. I surrender all I am to you. If you will be my God, I will be your child. Help me to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, can we just clap every person all over this room that gave their life to Jesus as Lord and Savior. As we get ready to close right now, if, if, if you're here and you, you're like me, you say, I think it's time to carry my lunchbox, that I want to come to God like a child, and I want to trust Him and ask boldly for that daily bread. If you're just asking for that childlike faith, that trust in the Lord, would you just lift your hands and together we're going to pray in this place that this season we would see the miraculous power of God move in our lives, our families, our church, our city as we come humbly and say, God, we could never sustain ourselves in the first place. We are utterly dependent upon you, God. Lord, we surrender our lives to you. God, I thank you for your sons and daughters. God, we don't come trying to, to bring our trophies. We don't come with our chattering teeth. But Lord, we come with our lunch pail. We come as your children. And we thank you, Dad, for the invitation to come in boldly to the throne of grace. God, we thank you for the invitation to come and ask in faith and in confidence. Lord, I pray in this season we would see miracles like we've never seen before, that God, you would be glorified through our lives as you provide, as you heal in this place. God, we pray for wombs to be opened up. We pray for mates to be brought into this place. We pray for jobs to be found. We pray for your provision. We pray for prodigals to come home. Lord, we ask for your hand and your blessing upon your people in this place. Lord, we thank you. It is your delight to bless your children. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we just give the Lord a hand?